is where we are this morning. We'll see how far that we might get. I, I did want to say before we read the psalm that I was thinking this week about something that Brother J.T. and something that he said he brought back to my mind. Um, he was talking about speaking the word, being instant, in season and out of season. And I think of how that I've been privileged to stand here for 28 years or so, and I've seen a few people come and go. Some have moved on physically. Some have moved on spiritually. Um, Not just sitting in the pew and learning, but I mean they've gone from this life to that which is to come. You know, I, 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 I don't know, Dad, how many... How many people, Anita, can you think of that have passed away? Name some names. I mean, Brother Wiseman, Brother Dean, Louise, Virgie, Brother Wiseman. Who else? I know there's bound to have been some more that I'm not. Somebody mentioned Dean, Papa. Yeah. Um, Memo. My papa and memo, not your papa and memo. Brother Pounds, yeah. So, you know, most of those names, uh, or a lot of those names, I, I had the um, privilege to be able to stand behind the pulpit and preach to. And the thought just came to me this week how that, um, you know, Sister Pat was mentioning being in her 80s. I didn't ask her her age. That's not polite to ask a woman her age. She told me. She told me. I didn't ask her permission to tell everybody else, but (laughs) (laughs) proud of it. But I but I think about those that that um, you know I was I was here. You were here too, but I was here preaching for years under those before the Lord took them. And what a privilege it's been to be able to minister, you know, unto a soul for however short a period it is from, from that time until the time they take their last breath. Um, you know, I can remember us going and seeing uh, Sister Louise, and she didn't know uh, we were there as far as we knew, but we still spoke to her. We still uh, sang to her, read Scripture to her, um, you know, and, and uh, how... Brother Donnie, you know, we went down there to see Brother Wiseman, and, and it was, of course, close to the, after the, the period of COVID, and, and um, Anna and Lydia really wanted to go up there, and, and how that, that, that Donnie went up, and he said, look, you know, there's got to be a way, because they didn't want to let them in. There's got to be a way they can get in to see, this will be the last time that they get to see him, you know, and, and, uh, and he prevailed. The Lord caused him to prevail. What was that? They had some kind of clause, like, a compassion clause or something like that. Um, they didn't volunteer that. Um, but Donnie went looking for it, and he said, hey, there's this. What are you going to do about that? Um, and next thing I know, here they come, you know, uh, up the elevator. So, uh, But um, it, is, it is a privilege, isn't it, Brother JT? Um, it's a privilege to be able to speak, you know, unto God's people. And to, to be a help in, in whatever way. You know that we can uh, to seek to be a help. Well, <clears throat> let's read 
the 21st Psalm, even though we may not make it all the way through it. Let's read all 13 verses. Psalm 21. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips. Selah. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest gavest it to him, even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. Thou, for thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. For the king trusted in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. And it's kind of like the sons of Korah. You remember them, and then the earth just swallowed them up. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men. I mean, Moses told them, the people, get away from them. The Lord's about to do something that you hadn't seen before. Get away from them. Get away from their stuff because all of it's about to get swallowed up. For they intended evil, verse number 11, against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. There's a passage in the 24th chapter of the book of Luke, verse number 44, that says this, And he said unto them, This is the Lord speaking. These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So in a sense, we can see David, you know, in the Psalm, certainly as a king, but in a greater sense, we see David's son and David's Lord. We see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as King. That's the title of the message this morning is The King. That's how we start out in the very first part of the psalm. It says, The King. This is being written about the King. Um, There are some parallels that can be drawn from our psalm last week, which bleed over into uh, this psalm. For example, if, if You look back at the 20th Psalm in the fourth verse, it says, Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Well, in our current Psalm in verse number 12, it says, um, I'm sorry, that's not the verse that I'm looking for. Verse number two, uh, thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips. So it's almost like, here's the request, here's the answer. You know, these two Psalms seem to be kind of be tied, you know, together. Uh, In the fifth verse of the 20th Psalm, it says, We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up uh, our banners. Um, 
And, and we have an, an answer really in, in, in that regard that there's a victory, it seems, you know, in, in the current psalm. Um, so some trust in chariots, some in horses, right? When you get to verse number seven, and what do we read in our current psalm? It says, for the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. He shall not be moved. So did you, did you hear some of those words in the psalm that we were singing a while ago? It said, David, and this is the reason I'm bringing this up is in regards to, yes, there's application to David, but there's greater application to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the psalm that we sang, it said this, David rejoiced and got his strength, raised to the throne by special grace. I mean, he was out in the fields watching his father's sheep. And you remember Samuel said, it's not this one, it's not this one, it's not this one. Do you have any more sons? Well, we got one, but he's out there keeping the sheep. Well, we can't do anything else until he gets here. Go get him. Uh, Raised to the throne by special grace, right? A man after God's own heart. But then the psalm that we sang said this, but Christ the Son appears at length, fulfills the triumph and the praise. So, you know, in in one sense, you see the, the battles that David fought and the victories that he won. But in a greater sense, the Lord won the greatest victory, uh, not just over a physical enemy, but over a spiritual foe, uh, over sin and death and hell uh, even. You know, that, was, that was in the other psalm that we sang this morning, Rejoice, you know, the Lord is King. So David had a kingdom, for sure, but this kingdom, the Lord's kingdom, is higher. David's kingdom lasted for a time, but the Lord's kingdom is eternal. It is eternal. Um, so here we see the king of glory. Psalm 24 verses 1 through 10 says this. If you want to turn over there, just a couple of pages. Psalm 24 verse 1. A psalm of David, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all they that dwell therein. You know, all this stuff that's going on right now. It's the Lord's over it all. It's all His. For He hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. This is the part that I wanted to get to because you see David, but I want you to lift your thoughts up higher than David to see the Lord Jesus Christ where we are in this. So here's what the rest of that psalm says. Lift up your heads. O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. You know, that, that's reminiscent to me, Danny, of this. B. 
behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and he with me will sup together. What you, I can't hear you, brother. <laughs> Host, the Lord of hosts. That's, that's an army, you know, a great army, innumerable uh, company of angels, the scripture says. Um, and, and what do we see? in places where one angel would cause just extreme devastation at the word of the Lord. Whole armies that had come against Israel, they didn't even have to fight. The Lord just laid waste unto them all. They got up the next morning and they were all dead. Um, so yeah, there's the Lord of hosts, yeah. Um, so, you know, David, we see certainly his kingship, we see here, uh, but they're meant to point forward. In our minds, we need to point forward to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the eternal fulfillment of his kingdom. David had a kingdom. The Lord has a kingdom. Um, like we said before, on the one hand, we see David victorious over a physical foe. He's victorious over a physical foe. But on the other hand, we see the Lord Jesus Christ victorious over the enemy of our souls, over Satan himself. And not just that, but over sin. And not just that, but over death. And not just that, but over hell. All of those which we would have inherited apart from the grace that we have in Christ, apart from being saved uh, through faith in Him, those would have been things that would have been over us. Um, you know, but, but here we are, the Lord victorious you know, over these things at the cross. Um, we... We didn't sing this hymn. Do we have, what, what hymn is this that you wrote down here, Lydia, for later? Okay, we'll sing this later. But this is what David's doing. The hymn that Lydia's going to play later is, I will sing of my Redeemer. David's singing of a greater king than him. I will sing of my Redeemer. I will praise my dear Redeemer, that hymn says. His triumphant power I'll tell. We're telling of that triumphant power this morning. How the victory he giveth over sin and death and hell. I thought we sang those words earlier, but it's actually in the psalm. It's coming, you know, later. But um, so David sings here of the great king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, before whom every knee shall bow and before whom every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you, you, you think about John 18, and you think about the scene where the Lord comes before Pilate, and he says these words in verse 36. He says, my kingdom is not of this world, right? And then verse 37, what are we talking about? We're talking about him being king, right? The king. We're talking about the king. So in verse 37, Pilate says, Therefore, art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I mean, the Lord declares himself, I am king. I'm not just a king. I am the king. 
I am the king of kings. I came to this world for that reason, for that purpose, to redeem my people. And you know, he told him, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight. Uh, but, but Pilate, you remember what Pilate's answer, his reply was, what is truth? What is truth? The very embodiment of truth was standing, you know, there before him, the way, the truth, the life, right? So John, further on, or further back in John 17, verses 1 and 2, you think about the king, you think about his kingdom, you think about his people that he came to redeem. And the Lord says these words, and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Isn't it a wonder? Isn't it a marvel? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Isn't it just incredible that here we rebelled against God and we fell into sin and we were enemies of God and, and he sent his son to die on our behalf and redeem for himself a people. I mean, it's just incredible. And the Lord says here, the hours come glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh. Well, what does a king need? I mean, Brother JT was talking about it this morning about such a power, such a power that spoke the world into existence. I mean, just uttered a word and things were formed. And uh, I got to thinking about the closest parallel to that in my own life is telling my children what to do and them actually doing it, you know. <laughs> um, they do that most of the time. Um, but, but, you know, even, even if they don't say anything outwardly, if it's not something they want to do, and they go, well, why do I have to do that? They could be saying that on the inside. Well, the Lord knows that. I didn't hear it. But, but uh, there wasn't any of that with the Lord when he spoke. And he said, let there be light. The light didn't say, hmm, I'm just not sure that I want to come out right now uh, or come up this morning. Uh, no, uh, he spoke and it was done. I mean, he spoke and it was done and it continues to be done. Every day the sun continues to shine. Every day the sun continues to come up. And it, like we were going through the Psalms in the previous Psalm, it runs its course across the sky every day, every single day. Thou hast given him power over all flesh. A king ought to have power, right? A king ought to have power. Our king has power. You remember even when he was speaking among men, there were, there were those that were sent to trap him in his words. You remember that? And they came back and they said, never a man spake like this man. And, and those who had sent him said, well, have you become his disciples too? You know, they were, you know, really being, you know, sarcastic. What do we send you for? You know, we didn't send you to, to agree with him. We sent you to find something you could trap him in, some, some reason we could arrest him. Um, well, you know, how are you going to trip up truth, right? Uh, we can be tripped up, can't we? Uh, but, you know, the, the, the Lord wasn't going to be trapped, you know, in that way. He wasn't going to be crucified before his time, um, you know, so, but he's, he's been given power over all flesh that he should give. Who gives eternal life? The one who has the power. Who has the power? The king. The king has the power that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. But what a glory. I mean, he, he says there, the hours come, Father, glorify thy son. 
I mean, the world looks at that and says, that's your God? He was crucified on the cross. He was put to death as a murderer. That's your God? Yes. He redeemed my soul, you know, from hell. You don't understand. Uh, you, 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 you're, you're looking at, at this all wrong. You can't see. His atoning death upon the cross for our sins. We can only imagine uh, because of what God's Word reveals unto us. I mean, you think about that day and the weight of our sins that was upon Him. The judgment that was due unto us that fell upon Him. Dying in our place willingly. He, he set His face, the Scripture says, like a flint. You know, it was, he, was, he was going you know, to Jerusalem. He knew what He was going for. And we see Him in the garden sweating, as it were, grape drops of blood, saying, Father, it would be possible let this cup pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Father, the hours come, glorify thyself, that thy son may also glorify thee. Is that in you? You feel that in you? You know, the, that, 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 that is your desire, is to glorify God in everything that you do, whether you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do. Whatever your hand finds to do, that you do it to the glory of God. You know, that, that Danny goes out there and plays on the football field, and he doesn't act like the rest of those, uh, what did you call them last week, heathens? <coughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't cuss, you know, and, and uh, act the way those other, those other men do, that young men do, that think that makes them big, that makes them mean, that makes them scary. Uh, who was it? Uh, Dick Butkus, I think it was. They, they said that guy. He'd be over there on the defensive line and the quarterback would be shaking in his shoes just from the grunts and the growls that that guy made. Um, but off the field, the nicest guy, you know. Uh, he just turned the switch, I guess, when he got on the football field. <laughs> what is it? Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a difference in us. If I'm going to play football or whatever I'm doing, you know, that I want to do it. To, to glorify the Lord, you know that's 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 in you as a believer, uh, if if you are His. So, but but think about our suffering substitute who died in our place. The hour has come. Glorify Thy Son, that Thy Son may glorify Thee. What He come for? He came. Second Corinthians five twenty one says to be made sin for us. I mean, this is such a succinct verse of Scripture that 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 portrays the gospel so beautifully. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, that sounds kind of like that hymn that we sang for the past uh, two or three Sundays, His robes for mine. You know, and the hymn writer says he marvels at the cost. Um, a wonderful exchange. He says, clothed in my sin, Christ suffered neath God's rage, draped in his righteousness. That's what we are now. We're draped in his righteousness. I'm justified in Christ. I live for in my place he died. But, you know, Hebrews 12, 2 says it was for the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before <sighs> Unless you're a believer, that's hard to understand. It's hard to understand Paul and Silas with their backs 
you know, beaten and, and bleeding and they're in jail and they're singing praises to the Lord and the other prisoners here and the, 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 the cell doors open and the Philippian jailer's about to drive his sword through himself. And Paul says, wait, don't, don't do that. We're all still here. He calls for a light and they're all still there, you know. And they were a witness to the entire jail, to the prisoners that were there. Um, they were a witness unto the Philippian jailer and his entire family. He took him home and, and, uh, and, and dressed his wounds, you know. Um, got to preach the gospel unto them all, but it was, they, he, 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 he did it as unto the Lord. I mean, how many times do you have to be stoned and beaten and shipwrecked and, you know, enough of this. No, it was for the joy that was set before him. There's a little bit of that in you, isn't there? For the joy that is set before you, you endure some things. You, you endure persecution, which here is not like what it is in other parts of the world. It, probably just verbal. I'm not saying there haven't been people who have lost their lives in our own country preaching the gospel. There, there are. There are. But why? For the joy that's set before us. You know, why are you here this morning? You know, why'd you come? It's for the joy that's set before you. What joy? The king. That's what's set before us. So what Brother JT was saying, in remembrance of him, the same thing that's written on the front of this table that we use when we have communion together, right? It's for the joy that is set before us. The joy of Christ. The, the, the joy that we have in having life in him. The joy that we'll have in being able to spend all eternity, you know, with him. Um, you know, we've, you know, Sister Provy and I've talked about it before, some others have talked about it before, about, you know, people talking about what's, what's heaven going to be like, what's going to be there. Who cares? It's going to be better than anything you can imagine. You know, whatever you want to think about here that you'd like to take there, it's just, that, that doesn't even compare. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. You know, you know it's, 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 it's going to be so much greater. Yeah, yeah. So isn't it incredible to, to think about, um, you know, what, what heaven's going to be like? Uh, so for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It wasn't easy. It wasn't that he didn't suffer. It wasn't that he wasn't in any pain. Despising the shame, I mean, that, that too. I mean, think about those people that were walking past him on that day saying, if you truly be him, even one of the thieves, you know, they're crucified next to him. If you be the son of God, come down off that cross. You know, we've seen you perform miracles. You know, if you'll come down, we'll believe you. They wouldn't have believed. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What else does a king need? He needs a throne, right? He needs a throne. Usually has a throne. He has a kingdom. He has a people. Um, well, you know, all of those things, spiritually speaking, are so much more magnified, you know, than just earthly kings and earthly kingdoms, earthly thrones. Hebrews seven twenty five and 26 says, wherefore, so here's a king who has a kingdom and he has a throne and he has power and he has a people. It says, wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them, for such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Be thou exalted, 
O God. Be thou exalted. Hey, you're in a battle. Kings and kingdoms fought battles. You're in a battle. Every day we're in a battle. A lot of times that battlefield's up here in our minds, you know. But we're in a battle every day. Souls are at stake. Eternal destinies are before us every day. You walk past people, every person you walk past has an eternal destiny. Heaven or hell. They're going to hear something on judgment day. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my everlasting joy, you know, with joy and gladness. Or depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Every single soul is going to hear one of those things. We cling to Christ. We marvel at the cost, like the, the hymn says. Who knew no sin and was crucified for us. Can you think about possessions? What's the most precious possession that you have? Your soul. Yeah. We have no more precious possession than our soul. A person can waste their life trying to dress it up. A lot of people do. That's what's important to them. Physically dress, I mean, and then find themselves naked before God. No righteousness. Only their works. Or you can cling to Christ. You can repent of your sins. You can believe upon Him. You can cry out to God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And be found in that day, in His robes, justified. And not only justified, glorified, right? In between, being sanctified. <clears throat> Philippians 3.3 3 says, For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice, listen, rejoice in the King. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll take a drink. <clears throat> Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have how much confidence in the flesh? None. No confidence in the flesh. Isn't that good? My confidence, my hope, it's in Him who cannot fail. It's in Him who must prevail. It's in Him who has all power and all authority. It's in Him who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He's the one that said unto me, Come unto me. I'll give you rest. Come unto me. And so no wonder that we see in verse number 1 here, The King shall joy in thy strength. Well, we look at David, certainly. Absolutely. You know, David... He, he, he joyed in, in the strength of God. Um, you think about the, the, the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees. You remember David had gone out against the Philistines and had been defeated, right? And, um, well, look, he asked the Lord, shall I go again? They came up again. Shall I go out against them again? He said, well, you go around and fetch a compass behind them. And when you hear a sound of a going in the top of the mulberry trees, then attack. 
And, you know, he had, his, his joy was in the strength of the Lord. It wasn't in his own strength. It wasn't in the might of his army. It wasn't in horses and chariots. Uh, in today's, you know, vernacular, that'd be tanks and planes and, and, you know, those sorts of things. I mean, I saw one picture this morning where the Palestinians, you know, were all on top of a tank that they had, had, uh, had disabled, you know, and brought down on the, you know, there on, at the fence. And I'm thinking, those, those Israeli soldiers are highly trained. You probably just made yourself a target, you know, standing on top of that thing. <laughs> I don't know. But people trust in those things. Where's your trust? Um, Sister Pat and I were talking about this morning about how that, you know, our kids and what, what is this place going to be like if the, Lord, if the Lord doesn't return, you know, during our lifetime, what's it going to be like, you know, in theirs? going to keep going same way it's going i mean married and given in marriage you know all the way just like the days of noah all the way to the end right um so but what's our hope the joy of the lord is our strength it's not my strength you know it's not running over jt's house when something bad happens and 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 hiding out there um you know because you know he's he's got more uh, whatever than i do food or 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 whatever um you know that i'm afraid of or he's got a stronger house that that the big bad wolf couldn't blow down you know i i don't know um but no it's not in those things the joy of the lord is our strength yeah all the way to the end sun moon yeah mm-hmm. seasons yeah always going to continue why all in spite of global warming. Yeah. All because the king has power and the king has authority and the king has declared and the king has deemed it to be so and it shall be. It shall be. And even you, that good work that he's begun in you, guess what? He's going to complete it. He's going to complete it. So the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. So when Scripture says rejoice, and again I say rejoice, what you rejoicing in? Well, what's there to rejoice about? We're to, we rejoice in the king. We rejoice in the king's strength and his authority. We rejoice in the king's grace and the king's um, Ability to save. Um, so, the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Well, we made it to verse number one. How many were there? Thirteen. We made it to verse number one. Um, well, I think when you, when you look at this, and we, we talked about it from the standpoint of David, but did not the Lord have reason to say the same? The king shall rejoice in the strength that God gives uh, and, and, and his, in his humanity, you know. Uh, the king shall rejoice in the strength that, that God gives in the salvation that he gives. Well, what did he need to be saved from? Hmm? Well, the, the father gave him a commandment, didn't he? You know, he had power to Here's that power again. Power to do what? Lay down his life. And power to what? Take it up again. Had power to take it up again. Psalm 2, verses 6 through 8, I think comes in view here when we're thinking about a king 
uh, or the king in this regard. He says, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee, there's that word again, the heathen. That was us, wasn't it? We were enemies at one time. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. There's that word Brother J.T. likes, doesn't he? He said it this morning. He said, if you know me, you know I like that word, inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Just like the Lord set David upon a throne. God the Father has set his son upon a throne. Upon the throne. Just like David rejoiced in the strength of the Lord. What, what, do, we, what do we, when we see that Lord in all caps, what, what, what do we need to think of? Mm-hmm. Jehovah, um, the self-existent one, the, you know, no beginning, no end, the great I am, right? So it says here that the Lord said unto me, God the Father, unto the Son, thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen from thine inheritance. And then we see the Lord praying, you know, there and 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 uh, and the high priestly prayer in, in John seventeen, and he's 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 praying for us. He's praying for those disciples that were there. Yeah, he's praying for the disciples that were there, and he was praying. Not I don't pray just for them, but he prayed for us also. That'd be the heathen. I'll give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Uh, and just like Sister Pat said when I said something about her age, she said, "I'm I'm I'm glad to own it." I was. I, I was lost, just like Newton said, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I didn't care for the things of God. But God opened my eyes so that I could see and my ears so that I could hear, and he gave me a new heart. And I, and I, I saw my sin for what it was before God. I saw myself in danger of, of, of damnation and judgment and hell forevermore and cried out to the Lord. And what a mercy, what a grace. That was that God showed unto each and every one of us that we saw our need of Christ and we called upon his name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? He has the authority. He has the power. He's able to save what we read in Hebrews to the uttermost. There ain't anything left after that. That... You know, even after I finish drinking what's in this cup, there'll still be a little bit left in there. You know, I'd have to hold it upside down for a while to get every last drop. Old Maxwell House commercial, right? Good to the very last drop. Well, to the uttermost. There's nothing left after that. There's, 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 there's nothing that's going to keep him from saving you. There's nobody that's going to be able to pluck you out of his hand, right? That's uttermost salvation. What kind of salvation you got? You got uttermost salvation. Salvation of the king who has power, who has great authority, who has a kingdom, who's able to give eternal life unto whom he will. Right? This is the king that we serve. And there's a whole bunch of people all around you every day that really don't have any idea of this reality. 
And that's what, that's what the Lord said to Nicodemus, right? We've got to have eyes to see. You've got to be born again to be able to see the kingdom of God. But there's people all around us that can't see this kingdom. In that book that you're reading right now, Danny, there's people that can't see things that other people can see. Um, it's a fictional work. It's, but but here, here it's based, you know, somewhat upon what, you know, we're, we're reading here in this book. And there's things that you see in this book they can't see. They can't see. People all around you, blinded by the God of this world, and here you are. What awaits on your shoulders? Is it really? It's a joy, isn't it? To be a light, to be salt. Knowing, knowing that really there's nothing that can happen to you. Now, I've said this before and said I don't not say anybody should go walk out in the street in front of the log truck that comes down the road. But, but really, as you go about serving the Lord, as you go about doing all that you do, to glorify him, there is nothing that can happen to you that the Lord does not permit. He's the one with power. He's the one with authority. If, if he allowed, you know, Paul to be stoned and drug out the city for dead and left there, and the disciples were like, okay, well, I guess we've got to gather up his body and go and bury him, and he gets up, you know, or shipwrecked or whatever the case may be, all those things that happened to Paul. What does Paul say about those things? He said, I want you to know that all these things that have happened to me, even imprisonment, have happened for the, to the furtherance of the gospel. That's what he said. These things that have happened have happened to the furtherance of the gospel. You know, the world would say, we're going to lock you up, and that way we're going to keep you from being a light. We're going to keep you from being salt. And Paul says, you know, that's the, their effort. You know, it's, it's here in this psalm. Um, Look at verse number 11. They intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. That's that. They're not able to perform. So here Paul was in prison. That, they're, they're probably thinking that's the end of that. You know, but their intentions, they're not able to perform. God's the one who's in control. God's the one who has authority. God's the one that's working all these things together for our good. And Paul says it was really to the furtherance of the gospel. You know, I might be in the one in prison saying, this is bad. This is really, really bad. Until the Lord says, no. I have a purpose in this too. There's, there's nothing that's happened to you that I haven't had a purpose in. I've, I've been in every single thing that's happened in your life. I've had a purpose in it all. You haven't always been able to see it. Sometimes I've given you a glimpse. But I've had a purpose in everything that's happened to you. So be still and know that I am God. You know, he says unto us. And, and you begin to remember and say, yes, Lord, I do remember your, what you said in your word. You said all these things work together for my good. To the good of those who love God to the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it, if you're a believer, it's to your good. And God will grant you grace. You need, if, if, you're, if you're having trouble, go to the Lord. He will grant you grace. He will, we have strength right here in the, the, the verse that I haven't been able to get out of. 
right? He'll grant strength. He'll grant grace. He's able. I'm not able. I can come up and I could try to comfort Donnie. I could try to help him, you know, with the difficulty that he may be having or vice versa. But really, where's the strength going to come from? Yeah, it'll come from the Lord. There may be some things that Donnie says to me and says, well, brother, there's this verse. So I, I, I know that you're, that, that what you're going through a very difficult time right now, but let me remind you of what God's word says about this. And where's the hope going to come from? Not the fact that Donnie said it, but the fact that God said it. Now, I might, I might gain some hope, Danny, by the fact that a, a brother's come alongside to help me in this load that I have. He's, he's come alongside to help me, you know, bear it. There's an encouragement there. Here's another believer. Here's that, that, that he would care, that he would love enough to come and help me, you know, in, the, in my time of need, um, to try to encourage me in the Lord, you know. That's what a blessing that is. And thinking about that, I, it makes me think about your brother. I mean, Teresa's there in the hospital, had a surgery, and, and I couldn't go back there. You know, they, um, it wasn't time and, and for me to be able to see her yet. And, and um, it was, we weren't sure. And Brother Paul was, he came down to the hospital um, on 1960, and he just sat down in the chair next to me. Wasn't a lot being said, but that was a comfort. There he was. It's almost like it's not just me that's with you, Brother Russell. The Lord's with you. you know. <clears throat> I'm not your strength. The Lord your strength. But here, the Lord sent me to, to try to be a help to you. And I've told you before, just being there, just being there means something. Well, I don't know what I would say. Go. Go anyway. Go and just be there. Go there and just put your arm around that person. Uh, if you haven't been on the receiving end of that in desperate times in your life, then you may not really know completely or if you're you know, young and haven't gone through some of those things, but I will tell you as one who's been on a recipient, it means so much. And those who couldn't come, they would call. I've told you about that before. You know, Brother Russell, we're, we're meeting you at the mercy seat. Um, Kind of like that guy, you know, Brother Bruce is a, I don't, know his, I don't know his name. You know his name, Brother JT, Brother Bruce's brother? Yeah. David, is it David? Okay. It's kind of like David, Bruce telling him that we're praying for him in his eyes, you know. You know, when I saw Brother Paul walk into that waiting room, I mean, I was there all alone. And here comes Brother Paul walking through the door. I didn't know he was coming. Don't even know how I found out I was there. Somehow he did. I don't remember all that. I just remember him walking through the door and how glad I was to see him. Yeah. So, you can be an encouragement, you know, to other people. The Lord's your strength. Look to the Lord. Depend upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. There was the message we had this morning. Wait upon the Lord. He's going to, you may not be able to see how he's going to bring good out of this, but he can. He's able. He's able. 